good whenever you listen to this podcast. My name's Austin. I am your co-host. And I am your other co-host, and my name is Adrian. Wow, <laughs> we really mixed that up. I have no idea what's going on now. I was really caught off guard. I was like, how do I say this now? I was too. The intro is rude. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we were just having just an amazing conversation about the word you. And now yes. I really want to read this book that we came up with. We, talking, we're going to co-author this book. Talking about just the history of the word you in America. Because I really want to mm-hmm. know now, is this is the pruning of the language, when did that happen? And where did that happen? Because I was saying that the the stereotypes about America are really found in the word you. So unlike many other languages, English, spoken by normal parlance Americans, and that is kind of I'm I'm not comfortable with that word that I just used. But like, uh, I don't know what it means. So it's news okay. news language of America has only the singular form of you um, and only a informal form of you. Um, so unlike Spanish, for example, which confusingly usted is both their plural and their formal form mm-hmm. of you, um, Russia has four words for you, uh, singular formal, singular informal, plural formal, formal, singular, informal. Um, so we, like, two of the biggest stereotypes for Americans is, is that we're all informal and that we all are individualistic. And mm-hmm. that's reflected in just how we we only have that word for you. So is it following that whatever snow Eskimo hypothesis that the language shapes you, how you think about things? Or is it we thought these things, so we just dropped all the other language mm-hmm. until we just had the one you we liked. Mm-hmm. So so the book that we're co-authoring is going to be trying to determine which, of, which is true. Is it because we are individualistic and informal that we now only use you and y'all? Or is it because we only use those words that we are now individualistic and informal? Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating book. I wish it existed because I would love to know the answer because it's real. It's like a history of language and history of thought. I love uh-huh. all of those things. Uh huh. And you get to like also bash like current American terrible individualisticness. Yeah. Although it probably doesn't get into that much. It could if we wanted to. It could. But, it could if we wanted to because um, we could talk about how in the past like what individualistic societies do versus pluralistic. But I don't know if has there really been that many other individualistic societies as like strong as America is today. Um, not really. Some people actually say like different frontiers uh, produce that. So they point to parts of Japan, uh, Russia, and Australia. Hmm. Um, but I don't know those very well. Anyway, uh. It came up during the conversation. Do you not know what Trump has been doing this week? Um, apparently not. I don't know if oh. I've been listening to NPR recently. It was shocking. Yesterday, he had a joint. Uh, he had a summit. Quotes. Uh, oh, 
Vladimir Vladimirovich. He met with Mr. Putin, and he met with him in private, and everybody was upset about that. Well, we knew that was going to happen, but what the most upsetting part was he came out afterwards, and they were jointly addressing the journalists there. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, uh, Trump, if he uh, believes Russia uh, interfered with the 2016 election right after the second 12 Russian indictment from the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. on Monday, I think. No, Friday. So Trump says, uh, Putin denied it very strongly. Um, I know the head of intelligence says it was Russia, but Putin says it's not. I don't know why it would be Russia. He, like, he says that just in front of the, the world's reporters, and mm-hmm. everyone lost their minds, um, saying, like, this is disgusting and absurd and, like, the most disgraceful thing an American president has ever done, mm-hmm. which is probably not true. But... It's not very high on the list of disgraceful, but graceful <laughs> things American presidents That is done. the shortened version of that word, um, or the root word, rather. So, uh, so then he, uh, either today or yesterday, one of the two, he got back and realized everyone was saying, this was the worst thing you've ever done. And he said, in my comments, I made one mistake um, during one of the, the key points. I said, would, when I meant wouldn't. Uh, I should have said wouldn't. It sounded like I said would. My bad. And, like, come on now. <laughs> Wait, did he actually admit to saying that he said something wrong as opposed to just saying that everybody just heard him wrong? He said it needed clarification, and the clarification was he reversed what he had said. So it's kind of traditional alternative facts from yeah, a dear president. basically. But basically. it seemed a little more apologetic this time. Um. Well, Fox was against him, so mm. Mm, he, he realized he had made a mistake at that point, though... Uh, I think Kennedy and Tucker Carlson defended it. Which, like, come on, guys. I heard an interesting article. Or, what do you call news broadcast? Is it an article on the radio? What do you call those? Story. Story? Anyway, I heard an interesting story on NPR. One thing I did hear when I was on NPR that was looking at that um, it's less that a higher, what, how do they phrase it? A higher, um, not aptitude. What's it mean when you're like, you're more likely to do indicator, a higher indicator of whether or not you like agree or disagree with, um, what's going on in, with all of the immigration stuff is not your political divide democrat versus republican but actually where you get your news source from cnn versus fox news well i mean that is pretty well defined on political lines as well yeah but they also interviewed people who were both okay i don't know how they found these people but they they interviewed a what or democrats (laughs) watch fox news they interviewed a democrat who watched fox news and they interviewed a Republican who watched CNN. 
And um, again, they could have interviewed anybody, but interesting. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised, but um... no. But I'm surprised they found a Democrat who watched Fox News. Yeah, I don't know. Was he like ninety? No, it was a. It was a. I'm pretty sure she was a Democrat. She, regardless, she watched not this Fox News. She, it, she was a woman who immigrated from China, who is now a legal citizen. Hmm. And she said she watches Fox News and is agreeing with the hard line on immigration. Anyways, that is shocking to me. I was shocked. I nearly crashed my car actually when I heard this <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. So, uh, the main point, what is really my only point, is uh, 21 Pilots, they're a band, they they just released two new singles, uh, one called Jumpsuit, and the other called Nico and the Niners, I think. Yep, that's Um, And I listened to them, and... I just thought to myself, what on earth is going on in these songs? Mm-hmm. So I hop over to Genius, uh, which I usually oh, no. I usually don't prefer Genius, but I just because I like to try to figure things out. You know, what does this person mean on my own? Uh, but I, I was having no luck at all. Like, what are, even is Nico? Who are the Niners? And Nico is a person. I, so I learned awesome. I learned all of this by uh-huh. looking at Genius News, and I was so frustrated because I'm like I should not I shouldn't need to read Genius News to figure out what's going on Genius lyrics. in this song, whatever. Right. Like I like Genius. No, I don't like Genius lyrics. No, I, uh, yeah, I intentionally avoid Genius lyrics. Because I think most people have very bad opinions about things, which sounds really judgmental of me now that I say it out loud. Um, but I just generally don't trust other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And now 21 Pilots is forcing me to go to Genius Lyrics to figure out what's going on. They're not I, actually forcing you to go to Genius Lyrics to figure out what's going on. If you had a lot of time... to figure out who Nico and the Niners are? Well... If you had a lot of time, you could go to the Secret Hidden website, which, by the way, they just released. There is a new bit of information released on their secret website today. Oh, man. A new letter. Anyways, if you have a lot of time, you can go to this website and try to decode the clues and the coded messages and you could figure out you could figure out who Nico and the Niners are. You could figure out um, the line "East is up" comes from um, this website as well, which um, is frequently is like the chorus. Yep. Of um, Nico and the Niners, but no, you you really couldn't figure out what's going on um, by just listening to the songs. And that frustrated me a lot. So, it seems to me there's a growing trend of having this as your story. Um, 
I don't know who started it. I'm gonna blame Metroid. Um, Metroid? Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I'll blame Dark Souls. And after that, I'll blame Five Nights at Freddy's. And I don't across the board hate it, but I do for 21 Pilots. What I mean but like like lore story is you have something and you don't really have a story Mm -hmm. but you just hide all these clues so people have to dig around and find it's like a puzzle to figure out what's going on and I'm but you don't have the box get out of here JJ um I like that for some things but I really don't like it for this 21 pilot song oh it's the whole album yeah I hate that Apparently, it is um, continuing where Blurry Face left off, their previous album. I've heard that. Um, so, basically, you're saying that this idea of what you're calling lore-based storytelling, mm-hmm. um, whereas, like, instead of coming out and telling the story, you're creating things creating clues essentially to force the community to create the story yes and I'm a, I'm opposed uh, I'm not see I'm not entirely opposed to it so I, th- I don't know if that's what's happening how is that not what's happening I mean it's not happening in the sense that 21 pilots knows the story that they're telling they're just choosing the information that they're giving to the public. Mm-hmm. Which is different than them not having any idea of what the story is and just creating random clues and hoping that the crowd, like, crowdsourcing their work, essentially. Where they're like, we're lazy, but here's some things and, like, make something of it. Yeah. I don't think I, that's I mean, happening. That's, that's not really what I meant. But even if they do know the story... If you're releasing an album, don't bury your story somewhere else. I'm assuming so, when the album comes out, they'll release or like all of the information will be available. See, I don't ca- I don't care about that though. Why why isn't it in the songs? It will be in the songs. You just don't know the greater picture. Right, and I hate that. So, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, when, if you had the whole album right now, mm-hmm. so you're saying you don't want to be able to, you don't want to only be able to figure out what the meaning of the the album is if you have outside information. Yeah, um, because it's an album. So um, a game that I've played recently uh, is Breath of the Wild, and. To me, this is the, the very, like, distributed storytelling. There's not really mm-hmm. a plot um, to Breath of the Wild. You don't really know what's going on. You're just dropped in this world, and things are happening. And it's like you can tell things happen, but you don't really know what. And if you want to, you can go around and find the story threads and piece things together. And I like that because Legend of Zelda isn't and has never been about story. Legend of Zelda has always been about um, mechanics and exploring. Mm-hmm. So, 
and to me, like you can do albums without lyrics, but that's not what Twenty One Pilots is doing, and they often uh, try to convey ideas through their lyrics. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing it in such an a like, I would say obtuse manner that I can't understand the album without going somewhere else it defeats the purpose of the album okay like I can I can enjoy Breath of the Wild without knowing what the story is because Mm -hmm. it's fundamentally about climbing giant mountains and going and fighting things and just exploring this massive world Mm -hmm. the album is I assume is about conveying ideas because that's what their other albums have been about. So if it's not sufficiently doing that, why why do you have why do you have the album? Unless of unless that it's less about the 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 climbing mountains and exploring is not the lyrics but rather the the style and the sound. Cuz like these sounds like Afterwards, I was like, wow, I think I like the song Nico and the Niners better just because it sounds more like classic 21 Pilots than Jumpsuit does. But, like, the sound and the feel and the style of the song is very much the same as it's been. Um, Even though I don't know the substance of what they're actually singing about. So, like, I can still enjoy the song for the the, the sound and the style without knowing the meaning. I mean, you can, but uh, I think 21 Pilots would agree with me that to them, style has always been in service to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So I don't I don't want an album now that I just got to be like, oh, this feels like 21 Pilots. Mm-hmm. When feeling like 21 Pilots to me is from the lyrics. Okay, okay. I'm trying to think of another example of something that's like this that you might actually enjoy to counteract your argument, but I haven't thought of anything yet. So, why I originally played Metroid, which I've never played, but I have spent a lot of time watching Zack play Metroid. Classic. Um, it's It's very much like that Breath of the Wild. Metroid is about going around and shooting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want, you can go and use your green vision. I'm sure it's not called that, but it looks like that. Uh, maybe a scanner um, <laughs> to to get like s- artifacts and stuff, and learn about the Chozo and why Samus is infused with Chozo blood or something, mm-hmm. and why space pirates are a thing and and stuff like that. You can figure that out if you want to. But they don't force it on you because they know you're playing Metroid to run around shooting things. Um, and I get, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm listening to 21 Pilots because I want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And if and if it sounds like they're saying garbled, who knows what? I'm like, why am I listening to this? So, okay, here's a question. Okay. What if once we figure out the story behind everything, it turns out that that it's it 
it's an even better way of them portraying the ideas that they want to portray. More, it's a better way of presenting these ideas and themes that they've always been presenting um, in a way that is more unique, allows them to work the system more or something that is just a way of them presenting these ideas in a way that conveys it in a different way but still gets those ideas through to the listeners um then i would say either do something other than an album or uh don't make it don't feel so gimmicky i guess um because i don't i don't like like the trickle of information because then it's just like oh you're just intentionally withholding things to build mm-hmm. up hype for this album mm-hmm. which is maybe cynical which I think on my it's part definitely true though but it's definitely true um so like I'm, I'm fine with it in non-albums so um actually I may be only fine with it in video games now that I'm thinking about it mm-hmm. um yeah if you deliver the whole story in the album, I'm on board. Okay. I, I, I love that. Because um, I've been uh, recently been listening to Good Kid Mad City um, by Kendrick Lamar, uh, which is very much a narrative mm-hmm. un- until I argue the last song. People may or may not disagree with me on that. But he, it's a it's a self-contained narrative with different like instances that are the songs. Right. So if this album ends up being that, bueno, good work, Twenty One Pilots. Um, but if it if I feel like I don't understand what's going on, unless I read about. Kyle, what's the person's name? Clancy. Clancy. Kyle was close. <laughs> That's not even a real name. <laughs> Nico isn't. No, it's taken. Anyways, we don't have to go into all of those. Those aren't real names. They're taken from lyrics. Whatever. But so let me um, let me give you a counterpoint. Excellent. That'd for be great. Me. Um. Because I was thinking about, do you know what it is? No, I have no idea, but I thought of something earlier that sure. may be the same thing, but I'm not sure. What about um, Marvel? Actually, I thought of one, one earlier, but I'm not sure if it it completely applies. It might apply. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Marvel, for instance, like if you watch Infinity Wars with Infinity War without having watched any of the other Marvel movies, you're gonna be like, I have no idea what just happened, and this movie is garbage. Um, and you can enjoy it because, you know, Thor shows up with a lightning axe and destroys a bunch of monsters. That is and fun. you're gonna and you're gonna love that part. But you're gonna get to the end of it and be like, Who is Thanos? What is the what are the gems? Like what are these golden um, I hope you don't chaos ask who emeralds? is Thanos by the end of if Infinity you, War. If you haven't That's seen what you're asking going into Infinity Infinity War. But if I if I haven't seen any of the MCU and my friend's like, hey, do you want to go see Infinity War? And I'm like, sure, I don't care anything about Marvel, but I'll go see the movie with you. You show up and you're like, who is this purple guy? 
Why is he trying to get all these Chaos Emeralds and take over the world? You, we don't know these things. I see you're a fan of Classic Sonic in this scenario. I, I am a fan of Classic Sonic, which is hard to believe that if I'm a fan of Classic Sonic, I don't know who any of the Marvel characters are. But for this hypothetical, hypothetical situation, we'll let it slide. Um, so, for instance, in this movie, you don't have any knowledge. Now, you can still enjoy it, and I don't really know if this is a good counterpoint, so maybe I'll go back to my first, my first um, potential counterpoint. Does this one land? My first one was uh, talking about Mistborn Secret History, which, Mm. to be honest, I think was a terrible thing for the Mistborn universe. But apparently, it exists. So that's a good one. So I can I can read the Mistborn trilogy and read through it, and actually enjoy it and enjoy what I think is making my characters seem much more heroic, um, much more. I don't know. I, I just get a, I have this great feeling have about the Have more agency. Yeah, and then I read Mistborn Secret History and realize, hmm, this isn't really... This is interesting, but it's kind of taking away from, from this. And now my reading of the trilogy is tainted because of this other knowledge that was always there, but I didn't know until recently. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for Mistborn, you don't understand you won't understand the end of book two point three without secret history. Two point three. I think that's the bands of mourning. Yeah, no yeah, that is bands of mourning. Oh, sorry, you're talking about era two book three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. So let me address Marvel first. Um, that's a good counterexample. Uh, but I will say that all that information is contained within the worlds of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I can watch if I if I watch the movies as they come out. I have all the information that I need mm-hmm. to proceed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Blurry Face ends up being a secret origin story for whatever this next album is called. Trench. Which would seem shocking to me. <laughs> that seems <laughs> unlikely at this point, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, wow, good work, 21 Pilots. You guys had a plan, pulled it off. And that's what I thought of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Marvel is self-contained within its own movies. 21P seems to be not self-contained within its albums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so in, for, if, you, if you were to make the Marvel Universe into an album, each of the movies would be a song rather than each movie being an album. Yeah, and that would be produced by Rush, and I would totally listen to that. Rush? What about, uh... Um... You have Iron Man. Just make it a classic rock album. Get Rush on it. Get Led Zeppelin on it. Get ACDC. Mm-hmm. They are... Right. I'd listen to that. I can dig it. Um, 
Anyway. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good point about secret history, especially because secret history can only be found, I'm pretty sure, in an anthology of other short works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, so, and that definitely is a, a lore... This is not a, a very complete story. Right. But you need it to understand what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm tying it in to things that have already happened. Right. So, yeah, I agree that that is... It, I, yeah, it makes the first ones, it makes the f- the first series, if not worse, then definitely different. Mm-hmm. And it makes the second series incomprehensible without it. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think that's... Not quite incomprehensible. You can still read it and enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, you can't fully... You don't fully know what's going on unless you read Secret History. Right. Which is just like a, a, a spring insert to your yearbook, basically. Mm. Uh, it's just like... But a spring insert that, like, reveals that who right, you it's thought just was like, really the Palm King was not. <laughs> right, right. It's just like, oh, uh, it's like that what Trump said after Helsinki. Oh, I said would. I meant wouldn't. Uh kind of a double negative <laughs> no, that like yeah uh, I think that is mm, I'm sorry Brandon Sanderson I feel like I've been bashing you a lot but I like it, a lot it, of what you do it has been a but lot but I think it's some poor it's like poor writing yeah but a lot of other stuff he does is really good so shout out to Brandon Sanderson yeah um, so I guess let's answer another question instead of talking about this like is this whole idea of like crowdsourcing lore good? Like, is it is it is it a good thing? Maybe. My my initial response is like, yeah, why not? Like, part of me is like, this, like, I didn't. Okay, so I didn't even realize that this whole Twenty One Pilots this thing even existed until like a week or two ago when Timmy was telling me about it. And I still don't really know what all it's about. But um, it's fascinating. And there are, like, thousands of people that have come together to try to figure out what this is. Um, because they both love 21 Pilots. And it's just a fun and interesting way to bring people together. Um, so in some ways, I think it's good that it's bringing people together. I don't think it necessarily means that writers are being lazy. Um, I think it's just an interesting... I think it's mainly just for publicity, but... Mm. um, It depends on what you want from art. So, what my counterexample was going to be, by the way, was mm -hmm. um, Strange Trails by Lord Huron. Mm Mm-hmm. Strange Trails is, in a very loose sense, a concept album. Um, And it is, I learned afterwards that each of the songs is told from perspectives of different members of this 50s greaser gang. Mm -hmm. But I don't listen to Lord Huron for the lyrics. I listen to Lord Huron for the feel. Mm -hmm. So 
if that is also how I viewed 21 Pilots, I'd be fine with this. Right. But that's not how I view 21 Pilots. Right. Um, so, it depends on what you want from art. Uh, so, for me, I want to see people's vision. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like, I want it like as distilled to one person as possible. That's what I don't like about TV shows. That's mm-hmm. what I don't like about movies. And that's what I love about novels. Because novels, it can just be one person. Boom. This is what I think about the world. And if they're good, they can distill it. Granted, that's not really how novels work. Like, I realize people have editors and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's much closer to what I want. Um, because I guess... I. Uh, adhere to western traditions of genius probably Mm. um so if you want that which i do i say boo no this is just this is people being lazy but at the same time i love fan theories Mm -hmm. and fan theories are basically this before people were like hey we can cash in on making people make fan theories for us right um so I love a wacky fan theory because it's weird. Not like I don't I don't read fan theories and like, oh this is good, this is what people really intended. I'm like, okay, this is this is a fun other person's twist on this. It's like uh it's to me it's like an adaptation kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like Sherlock is the people who made Doctor Who's vision of what Sherlock is or mm-hmm. like reading different translations because I, I that's what I do uh, <laughs> I love different translations because it's like oh this is this person's impression of uh, Dostoevsky mm-hmm. there, was also, there was recently the first translation of the Odyssey by a woman was recently published and that so that's like her vision of what the Odyssey is it's it's a very different translation than most. So, to me, fan theories are like people adapting a work through their own lens, which is again the same. That's what I want from art. Right, and it, and it's interesting because this does feel very fan theoryish, but it's also mm-hmm. very not fan theoryish right. because it's, it's like, like directed fan theory. Exactly, which is not fan theory at all. Like no. What what I think you love about fan theories and what I think is also great about fan theories is that it's taking what's already there and finding the so instead of getting handed the weird little letters mm-hmm. or the the weird pictures or something like that each individually day by day, you are you look for those weird little things hidden within the greater story. Right. And so like like thinking of our Song of Ice and Fire like theories, like those are all coming from very small, yes. miniature things that ha- seem like they're pointless but may have greater impact on the larger story. And so, like, that's what's great about fan theories is that they look back at what is already there, try to put it in the m- mold of the universe, the authors, what their style is, as well as these weird little pictures to create a th- to create an idea of what's going to happen next mm-hmm. as opposed to it's like oh here's this let's try to figure out how this now fits in with all this other little like Hansel and Gretel trail of breadcrumbs that we have 
Um, it's like, I love the Jar Jar, Darth Jar Jar theory. I, whatever people say, I don't believe that's what George Lucas intended. Mm-hmm. But it's such a fun theory because it's like, right. wow, this this works shockingly well. Or the or the Dumbledore's a time traveling Ron theory. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> like these theories are absolutely ridiculous. But why are they fantastic? Because you can pinpoint certain things mm-hmm. and little ideas that are just like what? Like why is that in there if it's not important? You know those yep. type of things. Whereas this is like, no, everything is important. And so now we have to kind of figure that out. Um, So if you want to do community building, I think it's a fun way to do that. Because mm -hmm. it's like a... It's a a puzzle, basically. It's like... Right. And in that sense... Let's make this puzzle really hard, try to figure out what's going on. It's an interesting... It's an interesting take on art in a sense... Where it's like, I'm the artist, I have the final picture, and I'm going to let you kind of see bits and pieces and gain more information and, as a group, like, try to figure it out. Um, And somehow that creates a greater picture in the end, I'm guessing, is kind of like the maybe, like, idealistic way of of what they're going for. Um, Whether or not that's true or not, I don't know. I think it's... I think it's interesting. I, I don't really know how often this has been done on this type of scale. Like even even Five Nights at Freddy's is more of like a fan theory than it is like a um, something like this, where like they've been kind of feeding things to try to tell a story. Um, what would be super interesting is if they had just said like, "Hey." all of a sudden they just came out and were just like, hey, Blurry Face was the predecessor to this album, and here are like a, just like a list of things that just kind of like show the ties between the two, which is kind of what they're doing, but just kind of more drawn out, I guess. To build hype. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, it definitely has built a lot of hype, and I know two people already who are specifically buying tickets for the first concert in Nashville. Both of them are traveling from Pennsylvania to Nashville to get to the very first concert so that no information can be spoiled without them being there in person. Wow. See, like, I would never... Spoilers is never something that I considered. Just in general, but especially for albums. Like, that that makes... Mm-hmm. That makes little sense to me. But it's like going to like a midnight showing or something, right? Like this is the equivalent of going to midnight showing, where yeah. it's like all will be revealed. But for albums, listen. That's why. That's why I think part of this is just brilliant, right? Like, who has done this before? I'm sure it's probably been done before, maybe. But like, does anybody care about this? Nobody gets this hype for albums and concert tours like nobody does that I mean people like when uh, when what's her name Taylor Swift's last Mm -hmm. single came out not last single but her first one what was that song called Mm. she was sang in it um, she was what in it she sang in it 
Yeah, it's her song. There was a music video. This is not helping me. It was a <laughs> single on her most recent album. Yeah, the first one. Oh, look what you made me do. Yeah. I. People analyzed that. That music video, just frame by frame, to try to figure out what was going on. Same with This Is America. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, people get people get excited. I guess not. Maybe not for tours. Right, but people didn't look at that video and was like, I need to buy tickets to her very first show and her tour just so I can be there for when all is revealed. Right, right. That That's strange to me. It's like a, it's like a book release almost. You'll disagree with this maybe, but like people who go to book releases to just be like, I need to know what happens in the next book. Like, and I need I've to gone, figure it out right away. I've gone to day of release books there you go why because you need to know what happens yeah right hmm I guess maybe I need to change my conception of what an album is I I, I don't know if you necessarily have to but I think they're kind of trying something right they're trying to they're trying to do something different they're trying to like say hey like I I think it's kind of refreshing in that they're saying like, hey, music is more than just pointless words that we're saying to a catchy beat and sells lots of hits, um, which is a lot of pop music. I don't know if this is good or the best way of doing it or if it's going to be better than their old stuff, but I think it's interesting and I think it might be like really brilliant. Hmm. I don't I don't know. It, it just to me it feels like you can't have ambiguity in something like this. Mhm. You know what? Ambiguity is a great tool. Um but I like I feel like if this album is released and some things are ambiguous, that's going to be unacceptable to the people who are going out day 1 to figure out what's going on that's true that's true so you're saying that ambiguity is a benefit in some ways because it allows you to personally think more about what is being said yeah i i think 21 pilots in the past has benefited from its ambiguity Mm -hmm. um like talking to zach we have very different interpretations of what different songs are Mm -hmm. and it it does that because these songs are ambiguous. Um, but I think when you build hype around the storytelling of an album, things can't be ambiguous. That's fair. Without disappointing the, the same people that you're exciting with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like how at the end of a series, a book series, you have to actually, you have to tie up all the loose ends. Right. Or else people are, are going to be upset. Because you've created this story. You've created these characters. You've created this trajectory yeah. that you've forced yourself to answer. Now, I can agree with that because I do agree. I think the ambi- especially in 21 Pilots, their ambiguity is what makes some of their songs like just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so and not really, I, it's not really ambiguity. Be put into a box. Right. Which is funny because 
that may just be what they're trying to talk about. Well, probably. <laughs> so they are they contriving a situation where they they're they let down people. <laughs> <laughs> People feel like they have to be in in their lane, so they set up a lane for themselves and then get out of it just to upset everyone. Cause that I would I would like that, <laughs> but I think no one else would. Oh my goodness, that's they amazing! They set up this expectation for this story about Clio and Nico <laughs> and the Niners, and then the, <laughs> the album is something completely different. That would be so good. I would That's really like, the like ultimate. that. No one else would. No, everybody would hate it. But like, so, so that is the point. Like, Twenty One Pilots has always been like, even in their last album with Lane, the song Lane Boy yeah. was all about saying like going against the expectations. Um, right, and not only that, just the whole idea of the music industry and everything saying what you have to do. Right, and, and that's so a lot I, of. I've said, oh. the, I said the style is subservient to what they want to say right and so a lot of people are saying that this album is about that very idea of of this this whole story is being told about them being trapped inside of the music industry or whatever um but i think they're trapping themselves by expectations it is it is fascinating they're no longer they they may be escaping the the Dima of the music industry, if you will, but trapping themselves in their own... Were we making references to this fictional city? It was going to be really good. You <laughs> had to interrupt me. Sorry. The two people who listened to this podcast who also listened to 21 Pilots would have enjoyed it. Um, Say but are trapping themselves inside their own lane of of expectations of their fans now. So now, now instead of being trapped at the expectation of the music industry, they're trapped in their fans' own expectations, which is probably worse, to be honest. I think so. Fans, oh, I don't know what dealing with the music industry is like, but from things that I've seen, fans are a pain. Fair. No offense to people who watch this podcast. You guys don't yell at us a lot, so I appreciate that. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for not yelling at us. Um, but like when you set up expectations and make people and don't meet them I feel like that's just like that is the story of this iteration of Star Wars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so many things which is probably why our podcast doesn't get many critiques because it's literally just that we have the, no expectations the expectations <laughs> that is two brothers talk They're about so things so low which People guess don't what? Have any room to complain? I love two it. brothers talk about things in every single episode. Hmm. I really want Twenty One Pilots to do that now. <laughs> well, if it's anything else like everything we want people to do, it shout out to happen. Ron Howard. It won't happen. Uh, Ron, that was such a good idea. <laughs> We're just always a little too late on it. It was too late mm-hmm. for Ron to change the ending. It's probably too late for Twenty One Pilots to rewrite all their songs. I don't know. Kanye did it right before his last album. It was like an EP, wasn't it? Uh, it depends. It was a short album. It was seven songs. Well, did we answer any questions that we wanted to answer in this episode? Um, 
I think this form of storytelling is bad for 21 Pilots medium. But they could... Do, I think now I'm like, wow, they could do something really brilliant here and just make everyone mad. Um, and art should break everyone's expectations. I think. It'd be like... It'd be like the white painting of albums. Or huh. the three minutes and 15 seconds or whatever the song is yeah. where the guy sits at the piano and just sets the timer for three minutes. Yeah. Maybe the rest of the songs will just be silence. And now I just sit mm. in silence. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think the idea of bringing people together is good. Um, I'm shocked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I go back and forth. I am excited for it. I'm excited for because of the hype and the buzz and what's what is there. And mysteries are always fun. Trying to solve puzzles. Austin is shaking his head. He disagrees that mysteries are always fun. They are they're often fun, but I don't want the point of this album to be the mysteries. Right. I don't and want I, it to and, fall into the same trap as Lost. Right. And I and my my thought is for this album is they're going to continue to talk about the things that they've always talked about um, and just are doing it in a different way. So they are still going to be talking about the music industry. They are going to still be talking about being trapped in your own mind and your, you know, anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts they are still going to be talking about faith and their frustration with the church and and everything that goes with that so i think you're still going to see those things it's just going to it's going to find itself in a very different form and i think all of those are best served ambiguously right which we saw i think vessels is just like the epitome of that. I love that song. Um, it's so good. It has it has all of those things tied in, in just a great way where it's like, yeah, if I'm listening for that, I'm gonna hear that. Um, but if I'm listening for something else, I can hear that too. And probably both of them are partially what the song is about. Um, will that happen in the remainder? We don't know. I feel like a lot of times the first songs that are released are usually the worst ones. So I agree. I don't I don't understand the whole idea of which who is who picks the singles? I don't know. Who whose job is that? Because I they feel like they're bad at it. They're so bad. <laughs> Anyways. On that note, Austin, do you have any recommendations for us this week? Um so I also read two books this week. Uh the first was The Alchemist. by Paulo Coelho. I am very sorry. I apologize for that. Did you buy a book? I did. It looks like it's new. It is. Wow, when was the last time you bought a new book? Um, uh, Like last year. Okay. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh... I, so I had a friend who read another one of his books, which I also bought but I haven't read yet, um, who said it was, like, really great and impactful. So I read The Alchemist, 
and uh, like I knew it was a global phenomenon, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This is okay." Um, it's like a fun, easy, feel-good read, kind mm-hmm. of. So it's like mystical enough. It's it's like it's a it's a spiritual but not religious book. Hmm. Um, and it's like follow your own personal destiny and when you do that the whole universe will conspire to fulfill your your personal legend actually is what it's called um so it, it felt like a very zeitgeisty book mm-hmm. but i agree with the new york times that it's more self-help than a novel so that's barely <laughs> don't mm, i wouldn't say don't read it but don't go out of your way to read it. Uh-huh. Um, the second book was, I listened to this one, uh, The Hate You Give, You Spelled With Just a You, um, by Angie Thomas, I think. Um, I like this one a lot more. Uh, John Green said it's spectacular. It says that on the front of the book. Nice. Um, and in a different video, he said he thinks it's going to be the the classic of 2018 um and i i think i can agree with that it's mm-hmm. it's very much a book if i wanted to be like what were the relevant issues that people were talking about in 2018 um this is definitely that book it's about mm-hmm. a police shooting um yeah angie thomas and it was actually 2017 um and then someone who is a witness to the shooting, her reaction and dealing with it. Um, mm. It is a lot of commentary on Tupac, um, the mm. rapper, because mm. the hate you give is his acronym for Thug Life. Um, so that was interesting. I learned a lot mm. of interesting things about Tupac. I learned he went to art school, is actually born in Harlem and not Compton, as I had assumed. Huh. Um, anyway, I learned that not from the book. I learned that from Wikipedia. Nice. So it reminded me in some ways of Invisible Man, which is good because I like Invisible Man a lot. Um, yeah, it's but a classic. It, it, so the, the surface things are all very similar. It's mm-hmm. about African Americans living in America. Um, there's a police shooting in it and it ends in a riot mm-hmm. not like a joke but a, a actual riot um, mm. spoilers uh, but they're very concerned they're concerned with different things because I feel like The Hate You Give is written with a white audience in mind mm. whereas Invisible Man is written with a black audience in mind because mm. The way they talk about identity is really different. Um, the hate you give assumes that this character has a identity that she has with her her Garden Heights, I think is where she's from, or maybe, and where she goes to school, whichever. They assume that she has these two different identities that she switches between. Hmm. In Invisible Man, it's more about how do you form your identity um, should you have two different identities? Do you have any identity at all? 
which is why he ends up being the invisible man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um just what what role does if any does he have in in society um so it's pretty good if you remind me of invisible man you're doing something right yeah um the hate you give Andy Thomas nice well I don't know what I'm going to recommend this week I'm trying to think of all the things that I did in the past week I'm not really sure you gonna recommend 21 Pilots uh, yeah I'll recommend 21 Pilots Um, again I think Vessels is their best Mm, their best album um their first and third albums were still still pretty good but vessels is just like mm, like epitome classic 21 pilot sound classic 21 pilots lyrics and feel so i'll recommend 21 pilots i've been listening to them a lot recently actually because of all of their new stuff and the hype um, another thing I'll recommend we played a, a board game today called Roll for the Galaxy if you're familiar with the game Race for the Galaxy you're somewhat going to be familiar with Roll for the Galaxy basically you have dice Austin you would hate it because everybody has little dice that they're rolling inside this cup and it clanks really loudly and it's very obnoxious I do hate rolling dice in cups Based on the dice that you roll, you are then, uh, what you roll, you allocate to different things, um, different ways to advance your civilization, whether you're colonizing more planets or upgrading technology or um, shipping goods from planet to planet. And eventually you uh, accumulate enough victory points to, and after the end game is triggered, then you see who has the most victory points and the one who has the most wins. Um, At first... When we were watching the video of how to play, we're like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. We have no idea what's going to happen. But once we got into it, it was pretty simple. So um, if you get a chance to play Roll for the Galaxy, I would recommend. Um, it, was actually, it was actually a really good game, really solid game. Especially if you like Euro games. It's very much a Euro game. Um, but yeah, Roll for the Galaxy. I also wanted to say I have been watching... Uh... John Green's moral journey through Grand Theft Auto Five, and it's amazing. It's it's like a you play or we play. It's like his Fortnite pacifist one. Have we yeah. talked about this? I don't know. I don't think we've talked about it. On the he podcast. takes the same ethos of he doesn't shoot at people unless he is first fired upon uh-huh. to Grand Theft Auto Five, nice. and it's great. Uh, he plays as Franklin. He always sings this song, and I listen to it at double speed. Uh, so he's just, like, singing really fast. Hey, it's Franklin. Franklin Friends. I have no idea what that song is, but <laughs> he just goes around saying, Hi, it's me, Franklin, anytime he walks into some place. That's so good. There was one. He tried to stop a robbery, uh, but the robbers assumed that he was picking them up from this robbery. So they jump into his car. And then the police come and start shooting him up. So he's trying to just flee this. He's trying to save this guy from being robbed and gets into this gunfight. Eventually he just abandons his car and runs away. Oh, my Um, goodness. It's great. 
So good. Mm. And he also talks about like, is power the only thing that is is driving human behavior? Because it's John Green, and he talks uh, right. about stuff like that. Right. So good. I also had a fun conversation about why things are funny. People, okay. I don't know if ever, anyone else was interested in this conversation, but I had a, I had a great time. We were talking about. I was trying to figure out why Wild E. Coyote or Roadrunner is funny. And mm-hmm. is it just because we feel contempt for the coyote? Is it because violence is funny? Because that is just a shocking premise. Um, and then I was trying to think, you know, is it just like a big joke that we don't know what's funny? That seems very meta. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. I <laughs> like, think it's. I think it's absurdity, which is funny. Like, Wiley Coyote isn't, it's it's not violent. It's just absurd, like, the things that he finds himself in, that the fact that this giant anvil falls on his head, or he blows himself up. Um, and the same with John Green, right? Why is, why is him playing Fortnite as a pacifist or him trying to save a bank robbery funny because it's absurd because he's doing something in a game that's inherently violent and trying to be pacifistic in it like that's just absurd that's not like the root of all jokes though no I don't I think that's probably (laughs) for another podcast I don't know if we have time to go into that right now and then we were trying to figure out if if I tripped over a banana peel would it be funny to myself I, I think, think it you would probably be. would laugh. Yeah, I think you probably would I think it would laugh. be funny only because it's a banana peel, though. Right, because it's absurd. Because everybody no, no, in no, movies slips on bananas. Right, right. I, and I now expect, you are doing that. I am conditioned to know that you should trip over banana peels, but I don't expect to actually trip over banana peels. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just ask well, people why something is funny and hope they go along because it could be a fun conversation. Otherwise, it could just be awkward and people think you're a robot who doesn't understand humor. I got mixed reactions with that, so. (laughs) And if they don't answer, maybe you can tune in next week and that'll be our theme. Mm -hmm. We'll find out next week as well, I'm sure. And I'm Austin. Have a great week. (laughs) (laughs) 